0: Hey, this everybody, thank you for downloading Podcast this episode Network. of Out Front uh, on the Chicago Podcast Network. I'm Nick Serrano, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy AJ Signari. AJ, do what you do and do so well. Hey, people. Uh, before we get started, it's time for the properties. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi Town Podcast One. You can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Please do so so we know that. Uh, we can talk to you and answer your questions and anything like that, because we are always willing to do so. Now, today's show, as you can tell from the title, is a year in review. It's uh, December 30th, 2016, as we record this. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Uh, it's been, by most standards, a relatively shitty year, so we're going to talk about that and get into some other stuff as the show goes on. But we would be remiss, as I said in a post on our web- on our Facebook page, and I absolutely mean it. We here are celebrating basically our one-year anniversary. You know, we started in October, but really, I would argue, didn't start going until we did our show at the Pickwick Theater for Star Wars Episode Seven. And so basically, it's been a year. And during that year, a lot of things have gone on. But we are, I think, AJ, it's fair to say, inexorably linked for all time with Star Wars. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: Yeah, I would say that.
0: And... You know, we did six shows, seven shows, actually, about Star Wars last year, right up until now, um, and it's bizarre that we would start today's show talking about the death of America's only princess, and that is Carrie Fisher. Uh, Carrie Fisher, who passed away two days ago, uh, and then her mother, Debbie Reynolds, passed away yesterday in just a bizarre confluence of events, and I just... You know, AJ, we 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 spent a lot of time throughout this election season talking about... Donald Trump and what he meant and we we got into some, the Hillary of it all. And, and I had this thought process after Carrie Fisher died and I was I haven't even had the chance to talk to you about this, but there is a part of me and please tell me if you think that I'm wrong that Hillary Clinton would have never gotten this close to being as as she did to being president without the portrayal of Carrie Fisher of Princess Leia. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, um in a lot of ways um people will refer
1: to um, Carrie Fisher as you know the one um, iconic character that is Princess Leia, who really was like the feminist in, in a lot of ways, and I, I know a lot of people um, around our age who either watched Star Wars and kind of gravitated towards Princess Leia um, as a role model and everything, and then once you start seeing Carrie Fisher in a, a few other things um, whether it's Star Wars or you know Blues Brothers movies she's written or yeah even Blues brothers um you start seeing that Carrie Fisher is really this badass woman who was very unapologetic to not only her craft in film but also. You know, standing on her principles as to what, you know, her feminism was about.
0: She had an interesting thing. Uh, when Disney in this last year uh, started to release a lot of action figures, there was this big outcry about the fact that they were uh, celebrating, as it's known, the slave Leia outfit. And people were getting on her, saying, you know, as this feminist icon, don't you feel that that whole idea is offensive? And she says, well, no, watch the movie. What does she do? she escapes and kills her captor what more empowering message could there be and i think when it comes to carrie fisher you know it's an interesting thing because she as you mentioned we think of actors you know in as the roles that they play but realistically her great contribution to entertainment and if you guys don't know this you know it's been mentioned since she's died but you can Uh, really look into it she wrote a lot of the movies that you grew up watching and while she didn't necessarily come up with the stories she was what was called a script doctor she would come in and punch up dialogue and make scenes infinitely better and was one of the highest paid most sought-after script doctors in Hollywood and really is where she ended up making her actual mark it's just she also happened to play one of the most iconic characters in the history of American culture Oh yeah, and
1: um when Carrie Fisher would be on Conan O'Brien's show, he would always remark on how well of a writer she was. She would he would always talk about her writing than her acting. Um not not because he didn't like her acting, but Conan O'Brien also being a writer, um, really loved how she wrote um scripts how she was very critical of certain scripts and you know how to develop a story or at least trying to develop a character or characters within a story as well um i want to say like a few years ago she was at the um uh international known uh iowa's writers workshop in iowa city at the university of iowa and um she would be there as a, a resident at times in the summer and You know, she would always talks about, you know, not just how to write, but, you know, how to pick out certain themes or, you know, how to really nitpick at, you know, how to really sculpt the kind of story that you want to do, whether it's in a book or in a play or in a movie, Um, whatever it was. You know, she was very, very awesome and you know part of me wished that she would you know been more of a a professor you know like at um University of Southern California or or even University of Iowa or somewhere um to really talk about um the craft of playwriting or the craft of screenwriting
0: i i got to say my favorite story in the all the press leading up to episode 7 was the stories that she was talking to um, Daisy Ridley about you know the dangers of being coming famous for being you know beautiful basically when you're that young and like, trying to mentor her through all that, it, which is similar to what you're saying, you know, just the idea that she had all this experience that she never truly got to share with people. She had started to. Uh, I have not read her last book, which apparently all three of her books are now bestsellers uh, this this week, which is unfortunate, but it is it is what it is. And I don't know, man. It's just there's, there's something about, you know, a couple, uh, 18 months ago, we also lost Leonard Nimoy, and it's like a it feels like it wasn't even that long ago but there's something about truly iconic characters and the actors who portray them that you feel as sad as i am that she passed i do know that carrie fisher even more than nimoy carrie fisher's princess leia will outlive most things in culture that we think of as permanent I mean, 5,000 years from now, I still believe that there will be Star Wars stories being told, and at some point, some kid's going to look up who is Princess Leia, and Carrie Fisher's face is going to pop up. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be a thing. And, and you know, we lost David Bowie, who was an amazing musician. We lost Prince, amazing musician, but I, I would actually argue that of those three, Carrie Fisher's the one who will live on the longest in just her name will be known, you know, for so much, for so much longer, and it really is, it's 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 not because of her writing, it's not because, it's because of one character that she played at one point, it's a weird form of immortality.
1: You yeah, know? and I think that's
0: true for a lot
1: of notable figures. um, uh, Like, like Hunter S. Thompson is a good example, you know, everyone would refer to Hunter S. Thompson not only being the eccentric person that he was, but will always go back to fear and loathing in Las Vegas, you know, Angels. he did a lot of writing for sports illustrated Rolling Stone, um, a lot of magazines. Um, I mean, cause that, that was, that's who he was. He was a journalist, but he, he also wrote his books, you know, fear and loathing Las Vegas, you know, fear and loathing the campaign trail of 72, uh, you know, a multitude of other books and everything. But, he was always centered around Fear and Loathe in Las Vegas, which turned into a couple of movies and everything. The um, same way with, um, well, a lot of people. you know. Um, yeah. It,
0: it, it, and by the way, if people haven't had the opportunity, uh, you can go online, and it came out this year. I don't even know if you've seen it, AJ. There's a great doc. You know, ESPN does those 30 for 30s. They also yeah. do what's called 30 for 30 shorts, which are like 10, 15 minute things right. and one of the ones that they did was called gonzo at the derby and it's about hunter <laughs> s thompson's trip to the kentucky derby and it is a fantastic documentary so nice. if yeah if you haven't had the chance it's one of those things that came out throughout the year and, and i want to get into that too like stuff that came out. but i just wanted to take a second ladies and gentlemen and mention you know the unfortunate passing of carrie fisher who also by the way died in the way that i i like my third most fearful way of dying which is a heart attack on an airplane because that just sounds like a horrible way to go. Right. Um, and, but besides that, you know, besides Carrie Fisher and everything, and again, we we are both big Star Wars fans, and we we did a lot with Star Wars last year, so we just want to take a second to, to talk about that. Obviously, also the passing of her mother, Demi, uh, Debbie Reynolds, who uh, uh, was in uh, The Sound of Music, or not The Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's... It's, it's that, that part of it, too, is, is terribly sad. But again, we, we both love Princess Leia and uh, know that she will live on eternally as, well, Princess Leia. And by the way, I, I saw an article on Cracked, uh, AJ, that I think you'll agree with. Uh, did you happen to see Rogue One yet? No. Okay. I'm going to give you a small spoiler. It's not a big deal. But at the end of the movie, the movie takes place roughly 20 minutes before the first Star Wars. Like That's where it kind of ends. And you do see a young 19-year-old Carrie Fisher in the movie. Oh, wow. Because they do that de-aging thing. Yeah. And I would simply say to the people at Lucasfilm and Disney, I understand that she finished her scenes uh, for episode eight. Please do not CGI Carrie Fisher in for episode nine. She passed away. It's too recent. It's. I would really appreciate it if you didn't like CGI in dead actors into movies anymore. I'm just saying because yeah, I don't sure. know.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. Um,
0: yeah, it's an interesting thing. Let's talk. Let's talk about that because it's that same thing with Audrey Hepburn and those chocolate commercials. Yeah, where you're like, look, I'm well aware of the fact that they're dead. I'll give you in in Rogue One, Peter Cushing is alive and well playing Grand Moff Tarkin, and he died in 1994. Right, and and even I, when that was happening, I was like, it's really cool effect, but I don't know morally how I feel about this. So
1: yeah, I mean, I remember when they started doing that um cgi and various actors and everything and or hologram tupac right and and in some ways it's kind of cool because you want to kind of put in there you know someone that you know meant something to that film or film project or whatever it is but the same token um all you're really doing is trying to replicate what once was, and if you keep like like you said, you know, if if they start CGIing her in the next Star Wars, um, again, like how would how where would you put her? Like, would R two D two like pull a hologram out of of Princess Leia or General Leia and start doing something uh, or what or? I don't know. I I, I think it would just be very interesting if they if they did try to do something as like their own in memoriam way of putting Leia into the next Star Wars. I think the only because you that, know they're going to do it one way or another.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like I'll put it to you this way: if there's a scene where you see the, you know, the three Force ghosts at the end, and if it were be, you know, similar to Return of the Jedi, if you were to see Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. And they were to CGI Anna Carrie Fisher there. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think it's more about like a speaking role, right? Kind of thing that I'm I'm more worried about. It, it's just it it feels weird. Plus, you know, the the as cool as it is, if you look at it too long, you can tell that it's fake, and it's just uncomfortable. But again, also the the, the thing is like Peter Cushing didn't bother me, but he's been dead for 22 years. You know, it's it, there's a there's a difference in you know a lot of time has passed, and you're bringing something like that back. As opposed to, yeah, she died last year. We're going to keep her in. Because even, I, for those of you who don't know this, I am a large fan of the Fast and the Furious movies. And when you get to the end of Fast and Furious 7 and they do the tribute to Paul Walker, while it's very heartfelt and very touching, it is kind of like, if you allow yourself to think about it for a minute and go, are you, are you using this guy's death to promote your movie? Because it feels like you're using this guy's death to promote your movie. And, and that just makes you feel kind of icky for lack of a better term but right. uh again very sad about Carrie fisher and debbie reynolds and uh well this other long unending list in the 2016 year of sadness uh we don't i don't think we have enough time aj to go through everything but uh you know no, we're
1: do all 131 people
0: okay which by the way it's it's that's not all the people that died. I always feel weird about when they do this and they're like, oh, all these people died. It's like, yes, but many people lost family members and children and you know, like things that actually affect their life. But we always focus on the celebrities. We're just saying we don't wish to minimize anybody's grief who lost somebody this right. year. And I'll tell you this. When we're talking about those two, David Bowie and Prince, I'm going to say something, AJ, that might come down to, might actually get us some Twitter hate. I didn't really give a shit. I'm sorry to say that. I was never the biggest David Bowie fan. But David Bowie's death even more so than Prince I got. Prince, I want to have a conversation with you about this because actually I forgot to mention, for those of you who don't know, we had some technical difficulties. This is the second time we're going through this and I'm bringing up something completely unrelated to what we were talking about before. But here's my thing, AJ. How often in the last 10 years of your life have you been at a party with some friends and somebody said, hey, listen, it's time to put on that David Bowie album, or hey, listen, we're gonna hang out and listen to Prince. Has that really happened to you?
1: Not like explicitly say, hey, put Bowie on or let's listen to Bowie or Prince. I've been to parties
0: where Prince played more often than Bowie did. Okay, fair enough. It's just my thing with Prince more so than than Bowie is Prince's death to me. Felt like Hollywood economy. What I mean by that is so there's this theory that I've been kind of coming around to, which is stick with me, ladies and gentlemen, because this is going to be kind of a convoluted way to get to where I'm going. Today, John McCain announced that starting in January, he would like to hold hearings on the Russian hacking, okay? And that sounds great, and it makes a great political theater on a, on a news headline. But let me tell you what's going to happen when John McCain actually holds those hearings no one, including AJ and I, is going to watch it live, okay? It will not be the important political theater that John McCain is rooting for. What it will end up being is something that gets a couple little uh, press bites released out to the public, and most people aren't going to care. And what I mean by saying this and relating it to Prince's death is this. I think people in Hollywood... Live, we you know we had a lot of talk in 2016 about bubbles. Everyone lives in a bubble—your own little liberal bubble, or you know, socialist bubble, or news, whatever you want to call it. Hollywood is a bubble, and I think that people who live out there self-aggrandize things. And so, when Prince died, even more so than Bowie, there was this outcry of "Whoa, what a legendary artist!" and all these amazing things. And it's just like, yeah, he was like, he was a great guitar player. He was a wonderful singer. He was a weird dude. And I get that, you know, it's thing, but to act like we've lost a national treasure and I'm not trying to, I really, I'm not trying to minimize the guy's contribution. All I'm trying to say is that we tend in America when somebody dies to overplay their importance. Would you say that that's fair, AJ? Yeah. um, I think I I have to agree with you in part on that. If you go the other way, if you think that way more about Bowie than Prince, that's fine. My point is still valid. Well, no, so, here's the thing.
1: Even Carrie Fisher's death, I really didn't care. Right. Um, That's going to sound harsh to a lot of people when I say that, but here's the thing. Um, Someone like Bowie and Prince made certain milestones in music history, you know? Um, Bowie made a lot of strides in fashion. He made a lot of strides in, in just cultural history. <clears throat> he did that. Prince did a lot in music because of who he who he respectfully was. And what I'm trying to get at is, I liked Bowie and I like Prince. Did I cry because they died? No. I mean, was I disheartened? Of course. Um, it wasn't like younger AJ. When he cried because he heard through Kurt Loder that Kurt Cobain shot himself.
0: You cried when Cobain died? I did.
1: Interesting. Because, well, at that time, I mean, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana was like my Beatles. Okay. You know, but over time, you know, I... I, I Face the reality that you know some of these people are going to die, and these people are going to die one way or another. Um, we lost people who were young. I mean, I was upset that Amy Winehouse died because um, she was so young. Um, obviously, like I said, I was upset because of Prince and Bowie died, but we got to know who these people were. I mean, if you look at some of these people who have died. Like, like Anton Yelchin. under
0: 60. 60 like, like, like Anton younger. Yelchin from, from Star Trek. Like 22-year-old kid who dies in the freakest of accidents.
1: Right. You right. Know, that's that's you much like more tragic. Younger, they all did drugs. <laughs> you know? And someone goes, why are so many people dying? Because they did drugs. You know? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying as a PSA of don't do drugs. Carrie Fisher admitted that she did drugs she did heroin she did cocaine you know she took a lot of opioids you it know? Was, and honestly we prob- did cocaine in Berlin
0: you know and, and honestly probably was on a lot of antidepressants and a lot of other drugs you know and and who knows what interactions they take they say that's what happened to prince you know the bowie thing was was sad because it was and again there's an aspect of it's very tragic when it's sudden you know but i i don't always equate suddenness with tragedy it's just it's unfortunate that somebody passed away but to act like Look, David Bowie was a great musician. I don't put David Bowie in this. People have put him up now on this pedestal of oh, he changed music. Well, he didn't really change music. He he came in on new wave. He wasn't the inventor of new wave. Other people were doing it. He just happened to be the one who made it the most marketable, and that is a skill. Right. You know, Prince made Purple Rain. I never really cared for Prince. I'll be the first... This whole thing that happened where people are... Fr- I'm like, I never listened to Prince growing up. It was never my thing. By the time I would have been into Prince, I was into metal. So it was just, you know... And and, and listen, I grew up in high school in, in the 90s. If you listen to Prince, when he used this word, it was kind of faggy. Because that was the phrase that was used back then. You know, because the world was a different place and you could use different phrases. But I don't... I I didn't emote the same way. Even Carrie Fisher's death didn't hit me. I'll tell you, the one guy whose death in the last two years who really rocked me was Leonard Nimoy, and that was literally because Leonard Nimoy has always represented hope for the future to me. Not so much the person, but the character that he played.
1: And, and you know... we but you lo- were upset because he was naturally progressing.
0: Yeah, and he had been dying for 20 years. You know? You know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not the same thing. And you know, I say that a lot when, you know, people die who you know have been sick. It's 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 a different reaction, you know. You're not necessarily gonna gonna pass, you or, know, or lose your mind. And I, we before we were gonna go through and do this whole list. I just want to hit a couple of the big ones. Also, Kenny Baker, who was the guy inside the trash can that was R two D two, passed away. Gene Wilder from Willy Wonka uh, and uh, Blazing Saddles and all those Mel Brooks movies passed away uh let's see who else i wanted gary shandling eva goda finally died i know I, that sounds horrible to say it that way but uh eva goda is dead has been an ongoing prank since before the internet was a thing i don't people by the way if you don't know that look up eva goda dies because eva goda dies has been happening since like the mid 80s and then david letterman kept bringing it back as a bit uh alan rickman he of Hans Gruber and Severus Snape, another guy whose character will outlive the man in Severus Snape. Uh Lemmy died from Motorhead. We had uh Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Vanity, one of Prince's harem, I guess you mm-hmm. put it. I don't what would you call vanity, AJ? Oh, I don't know. Um Prince's special friend?
1: I don't know. I mean, Harem fits, right? I would say that because, you know, like, you have, like, the Wu-Tang Clan.
0: You know, it's the clan. Um, Uh, Can can I, buddy, 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 friend, patriarch, let me just, maybe, and this is just a thought, maybe when saying the Wu-Tang Clan and you've got the clan may not be the way to phrase the point that you're trying to make, buddy. I disagree. So... (laughs) Because that's, that,
1: that's the only clan that I can get on board with.
0: <laughs> because the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing it's to the fuck Wu-Tang with.
1: It's the Wu-Tang Clan. You got to diversify your bonds. I'm just saying. Wu-Tang Financial. It's, it's it's the only one I can get on board with. <laughs> that's Not the ones with the sheets over their heads. Well, that's funny. Uh,
0: oh, God. Uh, John Glenn. I'm an honorary member of the Wu-Tang Clan. If, you know, fair enough. Did you know that that's how uh, Childish Gambino got his name? Yeah,
1: because don't they have like a... a, a, oh. a a name generator or something? Yeah, and
0: it's literally how he got it. <laughs> he was like, I put in his name Donald Glover, and they came back with Childish Gambino. And I saw him to an interviewed. and he goes, look, had I known that I was going to make it like this, I probably wouldn't have picked that name. Uh, let's see what right. else we got here. Uh, oh, yeah, Rob Ford died this year. He, of the, he the crack-smoking right. mayor of Toronto. Right. One of my favorite sentences to say, remember when we were on the radio station, I used to come in and just tell you like today's antics of the crack smoking mayor of Toronto, which is just a, there are so many fun things in that sentence. First of all, smoking crack. And I know that it's a serious problem, but in today's world, if you're still smoking crack, there's, there is something inherently funny about that. I'm sorry. There just is. But he's from Toronto. Especially
1: when the mayor of Toronto.
0: Well, that's what makes it so great is that he's a Canadian mayor, which makes it he's not only smoking crack, but you know he's polite about it.
1: Well, that's the thing. is, like you don't hear any other elected official
0: <laughs> openly saying that they smoke crack. That's not true. There's or one. Any drugs. There's one. There's one person in American politics history. I'm going to play Trivial Pursuit. Who was the crack-smoking mayor in America? Do you remember? Well... It was the mayor of D.C., wasn't it? Marion Barry. That's what I thought. Leading to my one of my favorite Chris Rock lines of all time. You don't get to smoke crack and get your job back. They don't give you your job back if you smoke crack at McDonald's. They send your ass to Hardee's. Uh, let see. And finally, journalists. Journalists who passed away and writers in general. We had PBS's John McGlough. What's up? Yeah, Gwen Eiffel. Yeah, PBS's John McLaughlin. Uh, Harper Lee passed away after writing the sequel that no one asked for, uh, which made Atticus Finch go from beautiful, the hero of the civil rights movement to... A crutchy old man. ...who still didn't like interracial couples. And let's see, the creator of the email died. Uh, and You know, we've... We've kind of hit some of the bigger ones and then we can get into sports sports is where it's always fun oh yeah I forgot that Dennis Green died man oh that was crazy yeah, yeah Dennis Green the former NFL coach and uh, Craig Sager uh, NBA reporter who always wore the ugly jacket had a beautiful moment where a network actually acted like they were run by people and let him go to a different do you know about that so yeah Craig Sager a little bit Craig Sager, for those of you who don't know, was on the NBA on TNT, and he would do uh, sideline reporting, and he was the NBA reporter who was always in an ugly jacket. And because they knew he was sick and he was retiring no matter what, uh, but most likely was going to die, Craig Sager was allowed by TNT to broadcast the Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Uh, from the sideline for a rival network and ABC, so credit to to Turner and to ABC for letting that happen that's i 'm so often you and I especially are shitting all over corporations and and corporate media you all know, credit i 'm just saying it, it was a very nice moment uh, Pat Summit passed away, Arnold Palmer passed away uh let 's see here Hawk from American gladiators died i don 't know why i 'm mentioning it. I just always loved American gladiators. Says because american gladiators dave mira of bmx legend passed away uh you know it's 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 been one of those things and let's see any and amazingly you know what profession managed to not have a lot of deaths this year shockingly enough was uh wrestling because we got we lost roddy and uh dusty last year so this year managed to not have that many iron mike sharp uh passed away but he uh uh wasn't really somebody that people would hear of right so those are the people who passed away we could get in some of the bigger news stories obviously trump kind of overshadows all things but i do like to remind people there was an olympics this year that we all kind of just forgot about in all the craziness of the election but there was an olympics it was a pretty well filmed one uh happened to be in our time slot which helped out a lot we got to watch a lot of live primetime stuff there was that awesome story aj with uh leslie Yeah, That was fun. I remember that. That was, a, that was a fun year. That was a fun thing that happened. But like Leslie jo- for those who don't remember, Leslie Jones was tweeting that she was watching, and then somebody was like, why isn't Leslie Jones covering the Olympics for NBC? And whoever runs NBC was like, that is a great point. Leslie, do you want to come cover the Olympics? And she got to go down and cover it every night, which was really cool. You got those great shots of her watching Simone Biles, not to mention my favorite picture of all time, which is Simone Biles hugging, I guess, the mid-thigh of Leslie Jones. Because,
1: yeah, she's pretty tall.
0: And she's pretty short. So it worked out to one of those great Laurel and Hardy kind of moments. What about you, AJ? Is there any news stories that didn't really pop as much as you would have liked it to?
1: No, I mean, I mean, as usual, I mean, I wish Standing Rock was a little bit more on the forefront on the news and everything. Um, just, uh, you know, the, the lack of. Exposing more of the alt right <clears throat> um during the election that we had and everything um other than that I mean there's like nothing that really stands out um i mean twenty sixteen is just was a very very um unique year in a lot of ways and and that's why i th- I think that's the, all the reason why a lot of people feel twenty sixteen Is just this death year because like you know this culmination of the election, 130 plus people dying that are notable in their own way, uh, political fact, other political factors, cultural factors that happened in 2016, and now we're ramping up to 2017. That is really going to be this new era. And U.S. and the U.S. political landscape, Um, even on the environmental front, is going to be different. Um, Culturally, is going to be really different. So require fighting.
0: uh, It require fighting from you for what you believe in. Uh, We've had it pretty lucky in this country the last most of my life, and realistically, unless you wanted to, and I know that you have, AJ, but I'm going to say most people. You didn't really have to fight for your rights anymore. Uh, that's changing. And uh, granted, if you're white, straight, and, you know, relatively affluent, you're going to be okay. But if you're not those three things, you know, it's, it's going to be a struggle. And it, it sucks because you're going to need people to help, but you're also going to need to be accountable to yourself and knowing what your own rights are and what you're fighting for. That's going to be a major factor going forward. Uh, Before we go on, there's a few stories, AJ, I want to get to that are still happening that we don't really see covered because they got swallowed up by the albatross that is Donald Trump. You know, Flint, Michigan still needs water. Yeah, like that's still a thing. Uh, You've had, you know, massive uh, fighting going on. Finally, in Syria, it looks like ISIS is is getting uh, beat down and they're losing spot, but now people are going uh people are, are are now starting to worry about the fact that they're going to start running and trying to get into other countries you know we had the, the we still have an uh an only eight person supreme court you know we still have all of the shootings and death here in chicago that are are going to be going on i this my, my point, ladies and gentlemen, is that just because you haven't heard of a news story in a while doesn't mean that it's done. You know, AJ mentioned Standing Rock. There is a a a kind of belief that's happened that because the Army Corps of Engineers have decided to not support what's going on, that this is over. It is not. You know, that Standing Rock pipeline could still be a thing. You know, don't just assume that everything is going to be okay. You know, there was the story of the Panama Papers, which is incredibly important. That was the... You know, it kind of got blown away because it was too complicated for people to follow. But, you know, that was a really important story, ladies and gentlemen, that is still happening. And that was about how, you know, really rich people hide money offshore and how that all works. You know, we're still having wildfires all the time. It's it's there's stuff that we we need to stay on top of. And I just want to make sure that we mention all of that. You know, there's the Russian influence in American elections. That's it's still going to be happening. It's just just. You know, I, I wanted to make that sure that we're all clear on that, that. Just because you haven't heard of something in a while doesn't mean that it got fixed.
1: Yeah, then you had A&E cancel
0: a show without even airing. Yeah. The Klan show, right? Is that the way you're well,
1: talking? If you, want, if you want to call it that, then yeah.
0: Well, that's why. I mean, look, you you can sit there and we can debate what, what it's really about. Because what it was about was actually something very important. And that was how people get out of that life. But because it was what it was, you know, people instantly just don't bother to look into stuff. And I think that, I think, AJ, going forward, the biggest lesson of 2016 is that people, when it comes to the information that they intake, are inherently lazy. Well, that's the thing. I think, the, like,
1: for, the, for briefly A&E, that A&E show, there was two things that went wrong. I think A&E packaged it wrong by right off the bat call it generation kkk yeah i think because i i even had to look at it twice um and because i have dvr i had to rewind it and rewatch and listen to what the show's about and not pay attention to generation kkk title um and then after realizing who was in there because i know all three of those guys and give them a phone call and having them tell me what was really going on um, and it's absolutely correct to what you said. I mean, the way it was packaged and the way the election had turned out and what's going to happen, what's going to be going forward in 2017 people just thought it was going to be a show about normalizing white supremacy and, and I get it on how that looks at at the facade, but it really was not that kind of show.
0: You know, it's funny, I mean, sh- you, you make a great point, because this is, this is actually kind of important, that that show is an interesting microcosm of everything that happened this year, if you really think about it. Yeah. It's a headline, people react to the headline, never open up the article to read what the show is actually about, and instantly flame it online. And as you mentioned, and I mentioned, both of us were kind of like... What do you mean there's a show called Generation KKK? Because in your head, with everything that's going on, you instantly, like, oh, is this going to be a show that glorifies the Klan? And then you you read about it, and you're like, no, this is a show that actually does the opposite. It is it is blatantly telling people, you know, these people want out of this life, and, and that it's very difficult for them to do, and that is human and understandable, but because it's just presented the way that it is with one headline and one spin, and you know, if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't followed this year how the news actually works, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because there are essentially, and I think, AJ, you'll agree with me on this, two organizations that actually do reporting. They are the AP and Reuters. Is that fair? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And then I mean, every. gets
1: want to get you, like, actual nuts and bolts of.
0: Yeah. There's the the story, in, It's those two. It's AP and Reuters, and then everybody just copies their headlines and writes a brief and changes enough words that they don't get sued for plagiarism and that's how the news works now and and that's why fake news has become such a thing and you know people talk about that stuff fake news fake news is only look if you're falling for fake news that's on you if you're one of those people who believes that hillary clinton had a staffer murdered you're an idiot because you didn't do the research to find out that that story wasn't true and there are ways to prove that stuff isn't true it doesn't take a lot of effort, but if you are constantly accepting stuff just because you're being told it, well, then guess what? You're part of the problem. Would you? I, I don't know. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I will go a little bit further and say this. The other thing that if we can use that Generation KKK show as, like, the metaphor of 2016 is this. Not only people just read the headline and not bothered to listen – then you had people not wanting to listen to the actual people that were involved, right? Because I talked to Daryl, I talked to Byron, and I talked to Arno, and taught them specifically what the show was about. They told me what the show was about. They even provided me raw information about that show. Um, and after like seeing people's posts about that oh this is bad i'm like well you should talk to daryl no i don't want to talk to daryl right i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear that side that's the other thing when you have people like on the ground and they're the ones on the front line or near the front line of issues people don't want to hear it yeah They rather hear from the actual institutions of what the problem is, even though it's the institutions that are causing the problem to begin with. And that is so that's the other thing with 2016 is like, you know, Bernie Sanders, you know, the whole Bernie Sanders calling himself a socialist. They were actual socialists, but people want to listen to them. They want to listen to the quote unquote socialist that's known as Bernie Sanders.
0: But also, going on the Bernie Sanders thing, you could also go to this part and say, why do people have no faith in the institutions anymore also, right. is Bernie Sanders had a legitimate run and a legitimate opportunity to be the candidate, and the Democratic Party shut him out deliberately, and we have proof of it. And, and, and that story fades away, and nobody seems to care. We've got you know a, a, a story about Russian hackers coming in. I think part of it, AJ, is that is I actually think that it's become so easy and one of the reasons I think I'm so angry all the time now is that it's become so easy for people that you and I even love and respect, and we bring up issues to them even through through this show or just in conversation, and they don't want to talk about it with the level of importance that both of us know that they are at. And, and when people talk about, I think 2016 is a great example of people talk about, The elite right like that's a bad term you know is the liberal elite the conservative elite the the business elite the the wealthy elite and yeah but here's the problem if you don't take an active interest in fighting against all of their weapons at once because that's what you need to do it's not enough for us to post on facebook anymore and and i get that that's like an easy thing to do and your brain might convince yourself that you're helping but the truth is it's not enough none of this is enough anymore there is a group of people who is taking advantage of your of your lethargy of your lethargic way of living and not following the information through to the end we are all of us you and me included by the way i think you and i are better than most because of what we do but most people are we're a headline culture a a great example is last night i went and visited a friend of mine and earlier in the day, I had posted a video. It's not a big deal, but it was a video of a dog that was incredibly intelligent. I, I think you might have seen it too, AJ. The dog moved the chair across yeah. the room, jumped up, and like opened up a toaster and ate chicken nuggets. Like yeah. the smartest dog you've ever seen. And she saw the picture of the dog, never watched the video, liked it, and put it away. And when I saw her later, I was like, hey, did you like that video? What did you, what'd you think of that dog? She goes, what are you talking about? Like what do you mean? You, you liked it? You didn't watch it? She goes, "No, I just saw it was about a dog, so I knew I'd like it. And I didn't you know get on her or it because it's not like she's doing anything horribly wrong. but I think that that's that's kind of what happened with this election with news in general, and it continues to happen is, no, 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 I, I like that, so I just I just shared it. like it well, was,
1: and that's, that's very true. Um, I just got done talking with a friend yesterday. I'm in the middle of writing a series of essays and, and, you know, I, I talked to my friend who's written essays and, you know, published them in places like Salon, Atlantic, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the one of the things he just told me, it's like, he goes, unfortunately, he goes, I, you're not going to like it, but unfortunately you have to use um, titles in your articles that's solely for clickbait. Yeah, because people, and I, and I said I get it from a marketing perspective. I really do get that. But if you have to create a an image, a meme, uh, a headline, just because people are going to click on it, or what you just said that someone's going to see it. Didn't read the contents of it, but they're going to share it or like it. Then what's the purpose of even doing that to begin with? Yeah. And that's what really concerns me is that we're moving towards um, a culture that the tweet is going to be it. And never mind the content because that tweet is going to be so loaded of content within that 140, 150 characters that people are going to understand it. And I don't know if I can fathom if we reach that point. Because if you're just going to say, if you can do everything what Trump's doing and you're just going to assume what he says is, is what that is, then I think that's more of a problem than actually deconstructing what Trump is actually saying.
0: Yeah. Does that uh, make sense? It does. It absolutely makes sense
1: because there's... Go ahead. I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, we don't understand Trump. I'm like, go back to the convention. He said it. Trump said at the convention that Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo. As long as we are led by politicians, as long as we're led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with the respect that we deserve. That is the doctrine known as Trump. The tweets is the facade. What he said at that convention I just mentioned is the actual doctrine that we're going to see in the next four years of Trump. So there's nothing that you need to understand other than that this is going to be worse than Nixon, worse than Truman,
0: worse than Reagan, and worse than both Bushes combined. Well, because there, there's also this, and and you and I have said this on the show many times, we disagreed with Mitt Romney's policies as he presented them. We disagreed with George Bush's policies as he presented them. Uh, I wasn't old enough, but I'm pretty confident that I disagree with most of Reagan's policies, you know, from how I am now, but I have the benefit of history. However, I never believed that George W. Bush was a fundamentally evil man. I never believed that Mitt Romney was a fundamental. In fact, I believe that both of those men were fundamentally decent people who were surrounded by profiteering jackasses who are only motivated for profit and i would still say that even people motivated for profit are not bad people they just have priorities that i don't understand i guess dick cheney is an evil person dick cheney would willingly kill ten thousand iraqis if it meant that his stock price would go up a quarter of a cent like that's the kind of stuff that i consider to be evil Donald Trump, I don't even think of as evil. I think Donald Trump is so easily manipulated by public opinion and and all of that, that that is what makes him more fundamentally dangerous than any president in history. He is not a man of intellect, uh, which I respect more than, than, than I could ever express. He's not a man who is engaged in what is happening. And as I've said to many people, there's a great example And I don't know if we did it on the show or not. I think we did, but I'll bring it up again because it's worthy. There's an episode of the West Wing, and it's a simple setup. A submarine has gone quiet, meaning they've severed all radio contact with the U.S. Navy off the coast of North Korea. And the president, played by Martin Sheen, is walking down to the Situation Room. And he's getting the brief as he walks down. And as he walks down, it becomes abundantly clear that the president is aware of all ships in the region. He knows the stakes of what's happening, and he is simply asking the question, do you believe that the submarine has gone quiet or that it has been killed by North Korea? And all the generals tend to say, they said, no, there's a possibility that it was, drow- that it was taken out, but most likely they've gone deep for radio silence. But we have no way of knowing until they regain radio silence. So then the episode is about waiting 10 hours for the information to become available. And it, while it's a fictional moment, sure, I don't trust Donald Trump to wait the 10 hours that that's that's the danger of it, donald trump he's impulsive he's quick he acts quickly but acting quickly is not always the right move and for most of us you'll screw up your own life you'll screw up a couple people around you maybe this dude now has the potential to screw up the entire planet and he's going to do it without all of the information that is available to him and that's the part that i find about him the most dangerous is that the information is going to be available to him and i don't trust him to use it Do you understand what i'm saying I do, but there's also that other
1: portion of President Bartlett that also is Trump also. And remember the uh, proportional response scene? Yeah. That's also Trump. What is the virtue of a proportional... Martin Sheen, well, Martin Sheen was... Uh, President Bartlett was so upset that we have to play his chess game with a with a proportional response, right? Yeah. That he just wanted to go in and just bombard it because who cares about that shed who cares about this thing you know we're just doing it for what so we can move a pawn so that way our bishop can be moved further and everything yeah. that's also trump he is not going to do any proportional responses whatsoever
0: if there's happening at an embassy he's going to bomb the other embassy and then the danger of that is is that once a terrorist organization learns that that's his response they can turn the president into a villain Because they can do small, minor things. And if the president responds in massive overreach, with a a massive, violent overreach, that actually is more dangerous because now you've almost given the terrorists and whoever our enemies are concerns validity. And and that's a crazy thing. Before we get going into the, the... We do want to end the show on a positive note. But before we get to that, AJ, is there anything else you want to... Uh, talk about that was bad about this year, anything that you, or or is really, like we said, the fake news thing, really the thing that kind of rules 2016. There's just so much misinformation out there that really it all stems from that. Do you think that's really the lesson?
1: Yeah. I mean, sure. Every year, as we get towards the end of every year, um, we tend to reflect back and, and unfortunately there's sometimes they show good things but they really lean on that by they the media really lean on you know the things that went wrong and they and they do that so that way they can use that as a jumping off point to do something positive for next year and everything but i would say is you know i mean we've had bad things it's like anything whether it's your personal life, a relationship, whatever it is, there's some bad shit. And we just need to own up that bad shit happened. And we can't reflect on the past because that's now the past. But what we can do is really look at it, reflect on it, and then treat New Year as the New Year. Because we don't know what's going to happen in Syria in 2017. We don't know what's going to happen Um with the stock market in 2017 um we have an idea about trump but until he's really in office and you know acts on the things that he said he was going to do and everything um but until those things happen um 2017 is gonna be
0: 2017 yeah I, i get what you're i understand what you're swinging I would say that before we get on to the positive stuff, there there's there's been this trend on Facebook and because we are the hyperbolic society that we are, uh there's twenty sixteen is the worst year ever, and I saw that destroyed by a meme. Said so maybe Or maybe 1652 when, you know, two-thirds of the population died from the plague would qualify as the worst year ever. Or 1968 when three civil rights leaders in the United—if you just want to go American, 1968, pretty bad year because three major civil rights leaders were gunned down from assassin's bullets. Or maybe 1861, the start of the American Civil War, you know, or even 2001 with 9-11. I mean, you can—there have been worst years, folks— uh, Donald Trump is not the worst thing that's ever happened to the world. He just happens to be the worst thing in the world right now. Is that a good way of putting it? It is.
1: Right. And, you know, there's been other tragic events that have happened in the uh, millennia in this, <laughs> on this planet and everything. Yeah. That's... And, <laughs> and 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 putting aside people and everything, um, what's never been really talked about is, like, you know, even... We have animals extinct Yeah, that no one talks about. You know, we still have one, one white rhinoceros with an armed posse. The only one in the world. And there's like an armed group of people surrounding that rhinoceros so it won't die. Because there's people
0: around the the world who are like, I want to kill it. You know?
1: I want to so, kill the
0: last white rhino.
1: I mean, we are also at 400 parts per
0: million in air pollution right now. All right, all right, let's 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 stop because we've done the negative. This is well, from... my whole point. Is that okay? It, the, the whole point is like you know, there's other things that
1: we, there's other things we don't have talked about. But as I said, the these al- things happen. These are our reflection points. And we need to treat next year as next year and everything, but while still remain critical of what has happened in the past.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's all the fit of narrative going into the new year. Cause God forbid we don't sell papers next week, but before we end the show, ladies and gentlemen, before we call it a year here on out front and on the Chicago podcast. Network, we honestly can never thank you enough for listening. And, uh, being a part of our show we're up to four thousand subscribers a little bit over that and we, we we appreciate every single one of you uh and and thank you so very much and we'll probably have some cool stuff coming up for you in the next year uh, we're coming up on 100 episodes of out front we've got about six to seven more to go uh until we hit that and we're gonna i'm gonna try to come up with something special for us to do for that uh but Before we get out of here for the year, I did think that there's an article on CNN that called uh, Good Things That Happened in 2016. And I just wanted to take a second and kind of run through some of them with my buddy. And we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, In space, AJ, there actually may be a ninth planet, and uh, we have yet to discover it. Uh, Juno, a space probe, made it to Jupiter after five years. Scientists found an Earth-like planet just 4.2 light years away. And uh, we are serious about putting humans on Mars. China announced that they believe they'll have somebody on the surface of Mars by 2020. And I imagine they'll be dead in 30 seconds because China won't care if they live, just that they got there. Uh, do you want to handle sports? Are you looking at this article? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll go, go right ahead. I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it? I don't want to do the sports part. You can do the sports part. Why not? Just, just say it. I don't want to say it. Just say it. I don't want to say it's, it. It's
1: the, it's the last time you're going to say it for this
0: year. And then I can have said that I didn't have to say it that one time this year. You said it multiple other times. Yeah, because it was a story then. Now it's not a story. Now Donald Trump's going to end the world, and luckily I'll only have to deal with this for about a year. Oh, goddamn.
1: Just, just, just say it. Just, just say it. Go, The goddamn go, go. stupid
0: piece of shit, god horribly colored, stupid, 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 stupid Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. There. Are you happy? You feel better now, you son of a bitch? I, I do now. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and then Cleveland <laughs> it won makes the. makes my M- heart
1: bitter pattern.
0: Here's the sad thing this makes me happy. Cleveland won the NBA championship. I don't care. Screw you. (laughs) Fine. The tiger population rose for the first time in 100 years, making tigers the number one threat to freedom. Yes. The death penalty is illegal in more than half the world, though not here in our very enlightened society. Where we still kill people who are innocent by accident. Uh, Three hundred African African communities pledged to end female genital mutilation, so that's a win for de- decency. Uh, and finally, honor killings are actually illegal, though not enforced illegally in Pakistan. Uh, why don't you handle health, AJ? Since I am nothing if not a paradigm of health and virtue. I just lost. It. I just lost it. Oh, you son of a bitch!
1: <laughs> just went away from me.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll do health. You can do the U.S. Researchers found new genes that may help cure ALS thanks to the Ice Bucket Challenge, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that seemed like a stupid trend when it was happening, but there's an, a very real possibility that ALS will be cured in the next five years as a result of the Ice Bucket Challenge. So keep that in mind. When you see stupid shit online that you think doesn't do anything, it actually does have an effect. Uh, even if you didn't give any money and only forwarded the video, somebody in your bubble... Gave money and that will help cure ALS. And that is an amazing thing. Uh, There's hope for an HIV uh, vaccine, which is a big deal. The measles is no more in the Americas. We have eliminated measles from the uh, from the entire uh, Western Hemisphere supposedly sri lanka proved that you can finish off malaria they've they've defeated that and it's no longer no new cases china bred good mosquitoes to fight bad mosquitoes and in west africa it is finally ebola free and an experimental vaccine against ebola right now has been proven as of now to be 100 percent effective effectively ending the ebola crisis as long as these drugs can get to where they need to go i you, know
1: who helped with that
0: who helped with that cuba there you go. Yeah, their amazing healthcare system that we all deride here in America because they're communist. Because we're a stupid country full of stupid people sometimes. Are you do you have it back up? I think I do. You want to do the US?
1: I don't have that part. Okay. What's the, wrong with this website? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh the, the high school graduation rate is at its highest. The teen birth rate kept on falling. The unemployment rate is at the lowest it's been in ten years. Thank you. Thanks, Obama. Isn't that I just wanted to do it derisively, but yeah. You just just want to say thanks Obama. Yeah. Well he did it, right? But you know, everyone always throws it down. So you know Thanks Obama. Just say it the way that they do when something positive happens. Uh, And Americans gave more to charity than they ever have before. Here's a good one, and this is one that gives me hope for the future. And, by the way, if you fight with people on climate change and they go that man-made... Because here are the arguments that I hear. There's no such thing as man-made climate change. And even if there is, there's nothing we can do about it now. Well, the ozone hole over the Antarctic that I was told about when I was in fourth grade by Mrs. Nash uh, at OLPH in Glenview, Illinois... And we were told that we weren't allowed to use spray hairspray anymore because it would eventually fix the ozone. That hole is actually starting to, re- to heal itself. Uh, India planted 50 million trees in one day. Norway banned deforestation. And the Paris Agreement uh, to Limit Global Warming is now international law. And then finally, here are some stories from around the world, ladies and gentlemen, that will hopefully give you solace as we begin 2017. There's finally peace in Colombia. Their civil war is over. Uh, nine violent protest helped impeach a president in South Korea. It was the power of protest. I imagine that should be a moment. AJ, the power of protest actually affected something. Would you like to applaud?
1: No, oh, I, I really did applaud that one. Hey. Um, this is going to be interesting what's going to happen now after the, after the fact.
0: Point is, it's just nice when a nonviolent protest actually accomplishes something and gets positive reviews. Uh, Gambia voted out a dictator, which is awesome. The military no longer lo- r- rules Myanmar. And for those of you who don't know, Myanmar is um, where, if you watch the last Rambo movie, is where that <laughs> took place. So, you know, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying there's no longer a need for Rambo to go in and kill an entire village of people. Uh, Lebanon picked a leader after 45 elections, because that's a thing, and uh, a pope and a Russian Orthodox patriarch met for the first time in 1,000 years, reaching the divide between Christianity and Orthodox Christianity to come together and go, eh, we're basically the same, which was nice. It only took 1,000 years for that. Only 1,000. Only 1,000. So, you know, we've got that going for us, which is nice. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I just want to take a second here, and I want to thank you, uh, AJ, for being my loyal partner throughout all of this. We've had one hell of a year uh, covering what – for those of you who don't know, when this podcast started, the idea was to take me and AJ's radio shows that we had done separately and used to do a crosstalk segment every week, and it started with us doing 10 minutes of crosstalk. And when we were on that station, we would do 10 minutes, then 20 minutes, then 30 minutes, and then it started to get to the point where I would show up an hour early, and AJ would stick around 15 minutes later, and we would do an hour and a half together, eating into both of our shows, and then do he would do a half an hour to start, and I would do a half an hour to end. And we wanted to take that middle section that was supposed to be about... We would talk politics. We would talk culture. We would debate issues. We still occasionally come to things that we disagree with, uh, that we disagree with each other on. But the original idea was to basically do that. We'll talk pop culture. We'll talk, uh, you know, music. We would talk money. We would talk, you know, about our lives. And then a large two-paid blimp arrived on the scene and basically ate an entire year of podcasts. And the number of times I started a show with, hey, folks, we weren't going to do Trump this week, but was pretty much, would you say, AJ, the last eight months of our podcast? Yeah. You know, we didn't intend this to be the anti-Trump show, and we know that we're a small cog in a much larger machine. But, AJ, to you, my friend, I just want to thank you. It's been one hell of a year, and I can't wait to see what we do going forward we we have almost done 100 shows for those of you don't know most podcasts if you go on and check most of them die after about 10 or 15 you know people give up they stop doing it and we've we've stuck by it we do a show a week come hell or high water we find the time to make it happen sometimes two sometimes it's every week and a half but we get the shows done we're about to cross over 100 so aj my friend thank you
1: thank you well well thank you for um Inviting me along this ride. I mean, I I never would have thought I would do a podcast show, let alone you know develop a podcast network and everything. Um, podcasting intrigued me. I've always listened to many podcasts, but like you said, um, the more um, independent podcast um, shows or networks don't really flourish as well as you know some of the other podcasts from like. Salon and PR, et cetera, et cetera, um, because they have that kind of financial backing. But the ones like, you know, what Nick and I are doing, and what other podcasters are doing, um, you know, it, it's really about determination. It's really about um, trying to do what you can and everything. And because I mean, this is very much, you know, uh, independent podcasting as 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 we speak and everything. Um, Nick takes the time. You know, from his busy day and work to do this. You know, uh, I do what I can to you know do my end of the bargain uh, on the show and what have you. Uh, it's really great. Uh, I feel that we are a little bit more unique than other podcast shows, and um, you know, this is unscripted. This is really unscripted. Um, there's some things we have. You know, Nick and I talk off off mic and maybe script some things but for the for the most part this is pretty much what you hear is what you're getting i mean literally
0: i think people will be interested to know just so you guys know our podcasts like planning generally consists of if we're doing a big show like we did two big shows this year uh that that i would say we're really you know we did a lot of extra work and one was the alex jones show which if you haven't listened to our alex jones show uh and you want to get an idea of what the alt-right is all about you Listen to that show and we'll probably revisit it uh, again, talking about Prager, you and Dennis Prager, which is another guy that we're kind of that I'm kind of looking at as far as stuff. But I'm having a difficult time with some of the financial information. But, you know, we're, we're, we're looking into that. But also the, the Independence Day show that we did where we uh, fictitiously were like, what would happen in the world if Independence Day had actually happened was... You know, I'd say, but for the most part, our shows consist of I call AJ on Skype um, or I message him a couple days before. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about as far as a show topic for the week. Uh, We get on the Skype the day that we record, have, what would you say, two minutes of conversation. We're going to hit this, this, this in this kind of order, and we'll see if we get it. And I would tell you, folks, a majority of the time, we'll lay out four things that we're going to talk about. And even today's show, you know, we didn't really get into the, the, the celebrity deaths as much as I think we thought we would um and 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 it just kind of flows and the the reason you know aj says that we're independent he he couldn't be uh any more correct we we don't have any sponsors yet don't get us wrong nothing would make me happier aj than to sell out my integrity for some money if anybody would like to offer some however mm-hmm. until that happens I, i'm kidding of course but really folks it's just I think speaking for both of us, we want to thank all of you who listen. If you, if you want to email us, text us, uh, you know, tweet at us, any of those things, find us on Facebook. We'd, we'd appreciate it. Uh, we, we really are, you know, very grateful for to you, to all 4,000, you know, subscribers that we've got, you know, we, 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 we are, we can never thank you enough for giving us a, uh, making us feel like we're being listened to. And, and we hope to be able to grow that even more, but, this show is about what AJ and I believe. And while we don't always disagree, we in fact, we, I would say we disagree most or we agree most of the time, it's, it's really about not bullshitting you. I think that would be a fair way to put it. We are about we want it to be honest and we don't promote bad information. Uh, I have never come to the air with a single, the most you'll get out of me doing wrong is numbers. Occasionally, uh, I'll misspeak about numbers, but the sentiment and 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 what we are saying, we can back up with information. There's not a single story that I think you and I have covered, AJ, that we made stuff up. You know, it, oh. it's, it's it's we are honest in what we are doing, and and we believe that there's an importance in not just us telling you what's true, but we hope that we kind of at least me, I hope that what, really if I were to say that this podcast, if I hope it accomplishes anything over the long term, is that you, the listener, are inspired to do your own research. We're not telling you what to think. We're telling you what we think and how we arrive at those conclusions. If you disagree with us, that's totally fine, but have a legitimate reason for the disagreement. Don't just stand and say what other people are saying do the research yourself have an opinion know who you're voting for know what you're voting for know why politics matter but more than anything else know why you're listening to the chicago podcast Network because we don't bullshit you and we're not going to no matter how much money they offer at us i don't think it's within me to sell out that badly which is not to say again if you would like to try we're we're open for business We'll we'll take money I'm just saying. I know A.J. would. Well,
1: I always take money.
0: You know, anyone who wants there who wants to buy us, you know, that's, you know, A.J. prettier, so he'll fetch more money. But I talk funnier, so it'll, it'll be better. And it's like I said before. I may be a radical,
1: but sometimes money can help fund the revolution. There you go. Uh, anything else you want to say,
0: A.J., before we get out of here for the year? No. All right. Let's
1: we'll go back to my fortified Ford and.
0: Fortified fort. That's not what my, you wanted to say. Say what you wanted to say.
1: My fortified fort.
0: Your fortress of solitude. You son of no. You, you wanted I'm, to, go I'm, to I'm living the Hunter S. Thompson lifestyle right now. All right, well, I'm going to retire back to the Fortress of Solitude, you know, and find some kryptonite or whatever. But, AJ, thank you so much for the year and uh, for everything, and I can't wait to keep doing this with you. Hopefully, we'll grow even more. And by next year, have 104,000 subscribers. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, AJ, say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. He does it so well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and uh, emailing us and finding us on Facebook. And then, again, you can do all of that. Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network, Twitter, chi Podcast 1. And you can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Hope your 2017 is infinitely better than your 2016. And for the love of God, someone protect William Shatner for the year. On that note, we out. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.